0: It's great to be here with you all this morning. Uh, I want to start off with a question, and that is, have you ever had an experience of something that has gives the impression of sacredness? Had an experience that gave the impression of sacredness? Now, for each person here in this room, you are probably going to give a different response based upon your interests. So if you're an outdoors nature person, sacred or the experience of sacredness is Yosemite National Park. It's the awe-inspiring views of the Grand Canyon. It's the night sky unfiltered by light pollution and the stars that light up the canvas of wonder. But if you're a foodie, right, maybe none of those matter to you, right? Those seemingly sacred places are The Michelin star restaurants or the rare food truck that has the best gyro that no one knows about or the one bite of that perfectly balanced salt, fat, acid, heat, right? That you feel something just of of the divine as you bite into it, right? Or maybe and then you. you're an athlete or you're 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 into sports it's the roar of the crowd the, the freshly cut grass the, the connection of a team coming together in a way that that it appears to be more than a sport but something that appears holy but if you're new to all of these experiences everything can seem very strange to you perhaps even in conflict with what you understand about life and what it means i mean how can you understand right you need a mediator, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. You need a mediator to help you to understand just what you're witnessing, to resolve the conflict of your experience and your knowledge, what seems so mysterious and far away, and now you truly understand its importance, why it's sacred. Otherwise, conflict will abound in your experience. You might foolishly show up to the Grand Canyon, snap a selfie, and leave in five minutes, You might ignorantly eat sushi by smashing the roll with your fist and putting it in your mouth. You might think it's wise to go out in the the sports field and just wing it and do what you want apart from the team. You see, there's an understanding of what all these experiences mean and what makes them, quote-unquote, set apart and that you need to take in deeply to understand the wonder of it all. A mediator helps us resolve the tension of the conflict that we have in our lack of understanding, and in turn gives us a blessing that opens our eyes to something wonderful that we never knew that we could see. Of course, we are just simply talking about experiences that give us this feeling of sacredness, but but what about the truly sacred? Today's text speaks to us about understanding more of what we discussed last week as Christ as prophet, priest, and king. But today, specifically, we're talking about Christ as priest, that he is the mediator of a new covenant. And in doing so, we are going to go deep into the priestly work of Christ today to understand what is so sacred about Christ's mediating work in the new covenant how Christ opens our eyes to understanding that which seems so strange to us, and how we are blessed to something so wonderful, so amazing, so holy, that it will take an eternity to comprehend. So let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 to 15. Let's all stand as we turn there. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 to 15, it's in your bulletin, also, it's in, located in your Pew Bibles. Hear now the the word of the living God. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 to 15. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood. that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. Let's pray together. Father, may the preaching of your word illuminate to us how Christ is the mediator, how he is taking what once was mysterious and unknown and opens the door for us to experience true holiness through the Holy Spirit's power. May your word powerfully proclaim this truth to us here today. Lord, be here now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So our text today is is in the middle of the Hebrew sermon on how Christ is the better prophet, priest, and king that we discussed last week. And in chapter 9, the writer is writing out how Christ's priestly work is greater than all the priests that have come before because Christ now is the mediator of a new covenant. Now, now, when we say new covenant, it's not that the old covenant was insufficient. It's just that now that Christ has arrived, it is no longer needed. Now, why is that? Well, you see, in order to understand this, we need to take our place in the shoes of the Jewish audience that this epistle was written to. So imagine, you've spent your entire life With one understanding of how to gain satisfaction into relationship with God. You've oriented your life around the mystery of going to the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, dragging alongside you goats and calves and bulls, knowing that you were defiled with sins. And each of these sins had categories of how your sacrifice was to be made. You had your burnt offerings. You had your guilt offerings. You had your peace offerings. You had all these different offerings, all done in accordance with the Word of God. And you had this very sequence of how to present your sacrifices. And as you were witnessing these things, a drama was unfolding right before your very eyes. You, you, see, you see the goats and the calves and the heifers and, and in front of you. And, and it's, quite frankly, very hard to witness what's going on here. You look at this animal that had taken your place. You see its blood being shed. You look at it and you were, you were just supposed to imagine yourself as the one who was to experience that sacrifice. That that animal in front of you being slaughtered should have been you. And you were told by this high priest that he would mediate to God on your behalf to make atonement for your sins. And, and not only that... But on this special occasion called the Day of Atonement, the high priest, once a year, would make mediation for all the sins of the entire people of God by entering into this place called the Holy of Holies, the most sacred part, to cover all the sins of everyone. Now consider all of that and wonder with me. If you're going through all this experience, how many of you in looking at all this would still feel a little bit lost? How many of you might be asking yourself, you know, what do all these symbols mean? What is this covenant truly about? Because if you lost focus of what God was doing here in the old covenant, on a surface level, it would appear to be just empty rituals. All of it would appear to look godly, but but, but not have any evidence of faith in what you were doing. It would appear to be just a bunch of commands and sacrifices and time and resources, burning and slaughtering precious goats and calves, going through the rhythm of religion, exhaustively trying to remember all the rules. And you would have to trust that this would be sufficient to change your life. It would appear that you would have missed out, if you thought this way, on what made all of these rituals and sacrifices holy in the first place. Perhaps you would feel lost in the experience and wonder to yourself, you know, is there something more behind all of this? One of the more interesting books that I've gotten a chance to read is a book called The Year of Living Biblically by an author, A.J. Jacobs. He is an agnostic who spent an entire year trying to follow to the literal letter all of the commandments and rituals found in the Old Testament in present day. So he asked people about their adultery, and he carried pebbles around to stone them once he found out that they were committing adultery. He grew out a beard and never trimmed it. He blew into a shofar at the start of every month. He sacrificed animals, even wore white robes, and walked around the streets of New York desperately trying to get himself unclean. And while much of that sounds quite amusing, and the book is a fun read. Uh, What was so interesting about this form of stunt journalism was reading how exhausting the work was for A.J. Jacobs to continue to try and live according to the Old Covenant. You see, on his own strength, A.J. Jacobs found himself to be frustrated, tired, exhausted, and worn out. On his own deeds, he looked at ahead at what it would mean for him to stop transgressing against God, and he realized on his own that it would be quite impossible. And so he sums it up in this very terse sentence, which I find brilliant. He says, you know, in trying not to sin, I've committed another. And the mystery behind all the actions that he was doing still remained. He didn't get it. A.J. Jacobs needed a mediator. So what does this teach us? Apart from understanding what God is doing in these symbols and signs he gives us, all of it would appear to us, in our fleshly sense, utterly nonsensical, even downright silly. When we pull apart God's intentions from his commands, then God becomes a caricature. That becomes all too easy to criticize or misunderstand. And we miss out on the holiness of the old covenant. This is why I think, sadly, much of the Old Testament remains unread in the people of God today, to our own detriment. You see, it's far too easy, as, uh, too easy for us on this side of redemptive history to think that the Old Covenant was boring or unimportant or just rituals for the sake of rituals, and that would be a total mistake. Because the Old Covenant gives us the context of understanding the beauty of Christ's arrival on Christmas Day. The fulfillment of the Old Covenant's demands. And it would remove from the heart of God's commands the beauty of Christ's priestly work and ministry. Consider the force of of the words here in verse 12. Look at verse 12. He entered once and for all into the holy places. Not by the means of the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, the securing and eternal redemption. Now, hear these words as an Old Testament Israelite. Do you know how freeing that must have felt? To know in part that you have been released from the demands of the ritual law because all that symbolism... All the times that you witnessed the death that you should have died and the sacrifices you've made. All the times that you wondered if atonement truly had been made. All the times you counted on the mediation of the high priest. This Jesus was going to release you from all of that. Think of the release, the freedom. How much it would release you from the idea that you needed to, to fake it until you make it. How much would the temple be not a place of a source of guilt and shame, but a place of rejoicing and worship to an almighty God who has forgiven you? You would never need to worry again over whether the high priest's atonements would be enough for you because it is erased forever. You stand in relationship with God forever because of one perfect, better sacrifice bought by Christ himself. This is why Jesus came into the world. When Christ was born, the mission was now set for what he was going to do. He was going to be the great high priest who would live his life to die for the people that the Father loved. His mission would be to live his life so that his death would accomplish something that empty ritual or empty work could never do. You see, this connection to the Old Covenant is precisely one of the reasons why Jesus came to die for the people of God. In John Piper's short Brilliant work. 50 reasons why Jesus came to die. 15 of those reasons are rooted in the Old Covenant to absorb the wrath of God, to cancel the legal demands of the law against us, to become a ransom for many, for the forgiveness of sins, to provide the basis of our justification, the complete to complete the obedience that becomes our righteousness, to take away our condemnation, to abolish all rituals, to reconcile us to God, to bring us to the Father, to give us confident access to the holiest place, to bring the Old Testament priesthood to an end and become the eternal high priest, to become the a sympathetic, helpful priest to free us from the slavery of sin that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Jesus's life was meant to free us from the old covenant as our perfect mediator, our perfect high priest, to accomplish all of that and so much more. This is why the reader of Hebrews concludes this section by telling us who Jesus is. He is the mediator of a new covenant, a new way in which God is relating to his people now that Christ has come. I want to talk briefly about what exactly is so new about the new covenant and what this means about Jesus and and you and I today. Uh, the first thing is I want to do away with the misunderstanding that sometimes we are prone to make when we read the Old Covenant. Um, it's, sometimes we say in shorthand, and this, this is true in a sense, but not n- really true, we, we, we sometimes refer to the Old Covenant as a religion by works. And that would be a mistake in reading it because we would fail to see how the Old Covenant was really a righteousness through faith. You see, in the Old Covenant, if you trust the high priest... If you have faith in the work that the high priest was going to do on your behalf, then everything changes. You had, the, you had to believe that the blood of the goats and calves would be enough. You had the belief that, that, that there's this faith that this priest was going to work on your behalf to demonstrate how to make things right with God again. You had to trust that the priest knew that he, what he was doing. That when he would go to the holy places, trust that his mediation would make atonement for you. You had to trust that this tent, this, this tabernacle, was, was made according to the will of God. Even as you were wondering what it all pointed to. The sacredness of the moment, is, 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 you see, is not in what you see in front of you, but the faith in what you don't see. You had to have faith that God was going to do what he said he was going to do, and in the way that God said that he was going to do it. You see, it's not that like the old covenant people of God had one way of salvation and the new covenant people had another. You see, after the fall of Adam, we were all under the mercy of God in his relationship to us. This is what the Westminster Confession calls the covenant of grace. And that covenant of grace is both and the Old and the New Testament the same, but it is administered differently. If you want a good read, look at the Westminster Larger Catechism, question 32. That he freely provides and offers to sinners a mediator to him. That that he requires faith as the condition to interest them in him. That his promise, he gives his spirit to work in them that faith. And that through the spirit alone enables them to holy obedience. But see, the administration is what makes the old and the new covenant different. This covenant of grace, though, that was administered through the promises, prophecies, sacrifices, and symbols in the old. But now, in the new covenant, through the ordinary means of grace. The word, sacrament, and prayer. Because now Christ has come into full. We are no longer bound to the old covenant administration of grace, but a new one found in the ordinary means of grace. For both the Old and the New Covenant, they were there to remind us of the grace of God working through the mediator. And how the sacrifices made showed us the death that we rightly deserved and how we are redeemed through that sacrifice. You see, both in the Old and New tell us something profound. That the rat race of living religiously can never work because that's never how salvation has worked. So the wonder of this passage today is Hebrews is asking us the question. Do you know that Jesus is the mediator? Do you know that no religious deed, no altar sacrifice could ever take the place of what Christ did in his perfect sacrifice for you? Do you know that God does not look at you and say that you yourself need to be the high priest, that you yourself need to make atonement, that you yourself need to make continuing the sacrifice that he has not asked you to make, but rather to look to Christ and the cross and see your Savior? Because once the mediator opens that up for you, you will see Jesus in every part of the old covenant. Jesus is the temple that was destroyed and built again in three days. Jesus was the perfect holy sacrifice on the final day of atonement needed for our salvation. Jesus was the scapegoat who was cast aside and who takes the blame for all of our sin. Jesus in his death sprinkles us clean through his righteousness being poured out on us. Christ is the great high priest, the mediator, who makes this relationship with God possible only we would trust in him alone for salvation. He is in every sentence and word of the old covenant administration made flesh to give us life. Do you know him? Do you see him clearly, your mediator? We pray that the Holy Spirit illuminates that for you because it will become easier then see the shackles that we have placed on ourselves, trying as though to live, as though the Old Covenant rituals and demands are still in play for you and I here today. And what Hebrews is telling us, just as he told the Old Covenant people of God, is this. You are free. You have an eternal inheritance in Christ, a heavenly home that Jesus is preparing for you, filled with the blessings of perfect communion with him, a joy never-ending, and a peace knowing that Satan, sin, and death are destroyed, of seeing the saints of old and new united together in every nation, tribe, and tongue, singing with one accord, this is my story, this is my song. Gazing upon the majesty of God and being blessed to know that He is ours and we are His. Once the mediator takes hold of your life, this is the good news of the gospel. You will never experience the same Christian life ever again. And while the creative things that God calls us to enjoy, you know, the, the simple walks on the beach, the beautiful sweetness of our favorite dessert, the shouts and joy of a victory of your favorite team, th- those might s- appear sacred to us. They are just but a mere drop in the ocean the sacred wonder of Christ who is our mediator to help us to see him in all of his majesty all that we could ever imagine life eternal to be he is let's pray together Father we thank you for this reminder in scripture of how you have entrusted in the old and the new the promise of your son And Lord, as we were reminded of his arrival, him coming to the world, that born to die so that he might redeem us, he might fulfill all the demands that we could not. God, may we live in that freedom. Lord, knowing that obedience isn't about rituals and sacrifices, but gratitude and love for what the Savior has done for us. May we know that he is the mediator here today. In Christ's name we pray all these things. Amen.